0: Organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right
1: time to learn how to write your book.
0: Hi, I'm Joyce Glass.
1: And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbono and welcome to the Right Hour Nonfiction Tips from the Right Coach Team. We are so glad you joined us today.
0: Welcome to episode 802 of the Write Hour. Today we are discussing with Marnie Swedberg the crazy ups and downs of the writing life. Writing was not a gift for her, but she learned the skill and her writing career continues to grow and morph from there. Marnie Swedberg shares perspective transforming biblical success principles at Christian Women's Business pastor leadership conferences worldwide. She teaches simple biblical life and leadership principles to seekers and saints, helping them grow spiritually while equipping their host organizations to grow organically to reach more for Christ. Her story and encouragement will help you grow in your writing career. Welcome to the Write Hour. We are so glad you're here today How are you doing? I'm so
1: excited that you are joining us. We have a phenomenal person that we are interviewing today. Joyce, tell us
0: about Marnie. Well, you introduced me to Marnie, so I'm glad she's here. She's got an interesting background. I am so glad to have you here, Marnie. Marnie, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here. And hi, everybody. Marnie. I met you through Women Speakers. You have a international speaking ministry. Marnie, tell us about your writing journey. Absolutely. I'd love to. So
2: my journey started kind of crazy compared to most people because I didn't learn to read until I was an adult. I struggled through school. I could sound out words, but it didn't come naturally to me until I was out from under the pressure of school. I struggled with dyslexia and different things. And so finally, when I was an adult, then I began to be able to read for enjoyment. And once I started, I couldn't stop. I just read everything I could get my hands on. And so after a while, I had an idea for a book, I needed to find out how people were doing what I was doing. So my first book, I've written 13 books now, but my first book was a how-to kitchen book. It was how to get out of the kitchen quick, serving great meals for less cost. And so I thought what I would do is I would find the book that was already written telling what it was that I was doing because people kept saying to me, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do that? And so I went to the library and I interloaned books and I interloaned dozens. And then I ended up interloaning. Uh, library loaning over 200 books. Wow. I could not find a book that described what I was doing in the kitchen. It was just a unique thing that I was doing. And so what happened though is along the way, some of the books that I read and was checking out, I thought, boy, I could do better than this. I think I could actually write a better book than this. And this <laughs> got published. <laughs> so, so I did, I started writing this book, it took me two years to finish the manuscript. I submitted it And St. Martin's Press in New York picked it up and it was published with them in 1996. And so that's kind of where it started. And then after that, most of my books came about when people started asking me the same question over and over, back to back. So I'd be asked repeatedly How do you start a women's ministry? And that question came again and again. So I wrote a book. How do you host a women's retreat? That question came again and again. So what I would do is I'd go and see if there was a book already that I could. Well, people ask me, how did you homeschool? How do you homeschool your kids? But I could find a book that pretty closely explained how I homeschooled my kids. So I would just recommend the book. It's a lot easier than writing a whole book. But <laughs> when I needed to, I would write the resource and publish it. So that's kind of how it's been for me. Every once in a while, a book comes in a different way. But typically, it's been in response to how do you do that?
0: I love that. I love hearing it's everybody's journey because they're all different and unique. And like you said, you had this way of doing things. And then, wow, lo and behold, nobody would written about it because you had this unique way. So, you know, a lot of people have that problem. They think, well, nobody needs what I have to say. There's a lot already about there. because how many kitchen books you said there was like 200 you read?
2: Well, that was just the 200 that I thought might be talking about how to get right. out of the kitchen quick. There's there's tens of thousands of cookbooks, right. you know. So, and, and that's what I think is so beautiful about the writing industry is that there's nobody else that's going to say it just like you. Sometimes there is something that's like, for example... If you asked me to write a time management book, I would just say, go get Tim Ferriss's four-hour workweek because pretty much I'd say exactly that except he said it better. So right. go get his book. You know, I'm not going to take the time to write a whole book because he already did. Right. But for you who's listening, it's like, there are some things that you see so uniquely. There's There's things in your heart, in your head that nobody else is going to express the same way. And there are people out there who need to hear that.
0: Yeah. So true. So that. true. Love that. So how does your writing help your speaking part of your business? Because I know you speak as well as write, and you have your own podcast as well. So how does that all work in your business model?
2: So I call it a spin. So if you think of a top, a a children's toy, the top, the spinning top, and you think about when you're on an uneven surface and you have to keep starting that going again, that's kind of like just speaking or just writing. It's You just have to keep doing it and keep spinning and keep spinning. Whereas if you can combine those two, they work very well together to make a spin. And right. I even add in there, I even add in there the social networking that we do online, right. as well as like this podcast that you're doing or my podcast that I do, whatever it is that you maybe you have a blog, Uh, whatever it is that works well for you, it will become a spin. Mm -hmm. And you'll get to the point where you understand, like personally, for yourself, for your own genre, for your own areas of interest, you'll figure out what your spin is. And when you figure that out, it just works really well to complement each other and to make it work better all the way around. So my speaking came about as a result of my writing when my first book was published, then I started getting asked to speak on the topic of my first book. And then it kind of expanded from there. Now, when I go to speak, I take my books. And of course, then people can take me home with them. Right. And, you know, it's just, a, it's a perfect, it's a perfect blend. If you are interested in doing both and some authors, Really aren't speakers. You never will be. It's not. It's not in your, in your area of interest at all. That's okay. If there's other things that you can do,
0: right? And some of them are terrified of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them could be really good with practice. You don't, don't just, you know. Oh, she said I didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you are missing a piece of the pie if that's a gift that you can learn and a skill that you can and work on. You know. Yeah.
2: And one of the things that I was so surprised about, oh, so in 2002, I started womenspeakers.com. And that is an online directory of Christian women speakers that we've got Mm -hmm. over a thousand speakers there from all over the country. They get invited to events all over the world. And what surprised me was to see the variety of the different styles of speaking. I had one gal that she was speaking over 200 times a year. I mean, that is a lot of talks. And, And she would get up... In her video, she would get up and she would open her papers onto the podium and she would read her entire thing and you'd be just laughing until your side hurt. She was so awesome, but she read it. So and- I just want to tell you, you know, if you're not trying to be, you know, the Good Morning America person, if you don't have to be that, but you're just trying to get out there and get the word out there and be a speaker and present your material and people are contacting you to do that, Oh my Mm -hmm. goodness, don't be so afraid that you have to be, you know, Beth Moore, you know, or someone really awesome and perfect and polished and everything. I'm not, I'm not polished like that. I, I, uh, I, like I'm doing right now, I sometimes (laughs) stutter and (laughs) don't have my words come out right. (laughs) And I'm not the thinnest person and I'm not the most beautiful person. But if God has given you uh, something in your heart that you just can't help but want to share, speaking is oftentimes part of that component, part a component as part of your
0: spin. It is. It is. I, that's what worked work with me too is, you know, first I felt called to write and then I felt called to speak. And I'm like, this is the perfect combination. I love to talk and I love people. You know? <laughs> Why not? And, and this was until I was 40 when I had this calling. I was like, wow, I had never really thought about that. I've never thought of me in that way. And it was just little things that God dropped in my heart that it finally slunk in. Yes, you can do this.
2: And one of the speakers from WomenSpeakers.com, Cass Vogel, she's an introvert. And she's uh-huh. an author and a speaker and an introvert, and she's actually hosting an introverts conference, which I think Isn't is just very awesome. awesome. Yes. <laughs> so there you even if you it. you know if you define yourself as an introvert or whatever, there's still
1: hope for your speaking career.
0: You exactly, want. there is. You know, she has an
1: introvert podcast, which I think is so fun, and an introvert uh, writing conference. I love Cass. She's yes. she's such a great. I, she, she gave me a lot of insight to introverts because I'm an extrovert.
0: <laughs> we would have never known, Sherilyn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but while well, that, as a speaker, yeah. I was the speaker. I was not a writer. And I spoke for like almost 20 years and people would come to me and say, I want your book. I said, I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer. And then the Lord led mm. me to start writing in the book that I was speaking about is finally getting published. Mm-hmm. So it's not timing too. Right. Absolutely.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, uh, Marnie, what advice do you have someone that's new to writing? You know, this is a whole brand new world that they, they feel it. Like they've got this book in their heart. They want to write it, but they're not sure where to start. They're not sure if they're qualified and, you know, you know, all those fears that you have come up, just like Sherilyn would kept saying, I'm not a writer. Well, yeah, you are. <laughs> so, surprise.
2: <laughs> well, I want to share a technical piece of advice for a new writer, but I think before I do that, I want to address the other part of the question is, am I qualified to write? Should I write? Will anybody read what I write? All of those things that come up as a new writer that make it, um, intimidating mm-hmm. and I think what I found when I interlibrary load those 200 books was that I really felt like even though I had no background in it I didn't have the qualifications of a writer at all that I felt like I could do better than some right. of the books that got published mm-hmm. and I think that that's all you really need is you just need the confidence to know that you can maybe do better than one book that's already been <laughs> published <laughs>
0: then just get go for that.
2: <laughs> or you could, or you could get the concepts down and then pass it off to a ghostwriter who would finish it for you, or exactly. to someone who would be a co-author with you. So, if you, the the key, I think, is do you have a message? And if you mm-hmm. don't have a message, I think that's going to trip you up every time. Um, right. But, but even if you're, even if uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was talking to. Um, Michelle Metlock Adams, and she's written over 90 books. I love awesome. her. And she was talking about how, you know, her first genre wasn't at all the genre that she went into and did big in. Right. And so she even jumped, you know, you can even jump genres. Once you are comfortable in it, right. then go forward. But don't feel like you have to have it all figured out before you start. just Start and figure it out as you go. In the Bible, it talks about that um, God gives us enough light for our feet. like It's like a lamp for our feet Mm -hmm. and a light for our path, which just kind of reminds me of camping in a flashlight or a lantern. And it's just enough light to see a little way in front of me. It's not light for the whole journey for my whole life to see what I'm going to do forever. It's not even light to know what the end of the book is going to look like. But it is light enough to say, wow, this idea just won't go away. So I'm going to start it. I'm going to work on it. And I'll see what help
1: I need along the way. That's great advice, Marnie. I didn't know what God had for me. I was just being obedient. I didn't think he'd have me where I am now, but I just did
0: it. Right. Right, right, right. And like you said, I love the illustration of the lamp or the lantern, yeah. <laughs> where you can only see a couple steps. But there's a reason for that. The best thing out. is, yeah, just keep going. <laughs> Same with you. I didn't have it figured out. when I, I got this idea for my first book, and it took a while for it to ruminate and really... Unclear right. what I wanted it to be, and Absolutely. even I started with One Direction and went to a writing conference, and it went, it was the same content but a different concept, and it worked so much better because I was new, I was learning, and yeah. that, that's the thing you got to let it simmer. And think about it and talk to people who know what they're talking about and let them guide you. You don't have to have somebody tell you, now this is what you need to write, (laughs) but you want to have them guide you. And, And that's part of what Cheryl and I do with writers is we guide them in the process. So I love that.
2: So one of the things I wanted to share, too, before we leave this advice for new writers, and by the way, if you are listening and you are a new writer, I just encourage you to be brave. And to just keep writing, um, you get better as you go. You really do. So don't worry about it. Um, But one of the things that I learned uh, the hard way was if I start with the format that I want to use all the way through the book, then I can save so much money and time later reformatting. Uh I encourage you to just go to the library, to the literal physical library, and to spend time in your section of books and to look at a bunch of books and to say, this one feels really good, or the back jacket of this one feels good. The inside feels good of this one. Um, The spine feels good in that one. You know, what is it? Take some pictures with your cell phone and go ahead and lay it out before you start. So what I do, I've, I've got a couple of books in the works right now. What I've done is I've just decided how you know what my what my format is going to be for when I have a call out box for when I have a quote for when I have a list for when I have an indented list for when I have I just decide that all ahead of time and whenever those things come up I do it in the exact format I want the um, formatter to use later we can always make changes about that but then you change everything at once instead of having like what I would do before I'd have like 18 different (laughs) types of lists and it was a so you heavier. have bullet
0: points and one and dashes in
2: another. And, and indented or not indented and yeah. indented, you know, five points are indented, twelve points or centered, or it was just a mess. And then it was a thousand decisions to make instead of if you just decide ahead of time. And this is where it gets to that unique thing that I love to talk about. So if you hold up your thumb. And you, you look at just that one inch rectangle on the front of your thumb or in the back of your thumb, rather, that's your thumbprint. And that can differentiate you from anybody else in the whole world. So in a court of law, you can be accused of a crime based on one inch of your body. Mm-hmm. So that's how unique you are. Mm-hmm. And when God's throwing together your three billion base pair of DNA, he did it in a particular way because you are here for a purpose. And so I, when you go mm-hmm. to the library or the bookstore and you start and I don't encourage you to do this at a bookstore because, you know, they're selling books. So it's it's not fair to go there and take pictures of the insides of their books. But at the library, they don't mind. So go there. But when you're there, you are really going to just resonate with particular layouts. Mm-hmm. You're going to open books and you're going to say, Ick, 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 okay. And then you're going to go, whoa, I love this. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that's for you. Because the people who resonate with you are going to love what you write right and
1: display it right definitely i wholeheartedly agree with that marnie be as an editor and joyce is an editor as well i've i'm editing a book right now and different aspects of the book are formatted differently and it's taking me hours right. just to get everything uniform right so e- Doing that ahead of time saves the writer money too, because especially if editors charge per hour,
0: (laughs) so it also saves money.
2: Time, money, stress—the whole thing.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the things, the first things, um, on my first book that I had a problem with was I didn't know the new standard was one space after a period, and (laughs) I didn't didn't know. I didn't know you could use the fine feature and fix it. I went by it oh. manually and did every uh, single one. I can <laughs> relate to that. <laughs> it took forever. And when somebody showed me, me the fine feature, I was like, well, why didn't somebody tell me that before? <laughs> you know, so the funny things that you'll do and end up doing and it's all okay, you learn. Right. You just learn. So what is the toughest part of the writing process for you?
2: Okay, so we were just kind of starting to touch on it, but it's definitely the editing part. Because I am not a perfectionist. So in, maybe in a few ways I might be, but mostly no. In most of my life, I really have to hire editing. I have to hire somebody to polish it up for me because I'm really just good enough is good enough. That's who I am. And so the editing part is really tough. And I just want to, for those of you who are on this journey without a publishing house, Mm -hmm. you're working with outsourcers or with coaches or with editors that you're selecting in order to do a self published book or something like that. um, I just encourage you to recognize where your strengths are and recognize where your weaknesses are. And I just want to just really quick because I had no idea why I was struggling so much. Because I could actually do a couple of these things. But here are the things that you need to get edited. You need to have it edited for redundancy, Mm -hmm. for order, for balance, Mm -hmm. for patterns, and for citations. And then you still have to have it a proofreader, a copy editor, a full scale editor, a formatting editor, <laughs> and technical editors. So there is a ton of work. And this is why when you go with a professional, a uh, 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 traditional publishing house, they're going to take 18 months or longer to publish your book. Right. Because they're going to actually go through each of those steps and right. have that done, which is why so many self-published books really are difficult to read or unreadable. Because somebody has done a little bit of had a couple friends read it and it just isn't enough. So for me, the hardest part is editing. And I know that if I'm going to write a book, I have to invest in that part or it's just not going to fly.
0: Well, true. And it, that's what it is. It's an investment that you definitely, yes. definitely want to do yeah. because you've got to think about it this way. If you were out and you were selling something, would you only sell half of it or would you only sell three quarters of it? You know, would you only paint it halfway if it was something painted? No, you would paint the whole thing, right? Well, that's a part of the process is you want to complete the job. You want it to be professional and it's a representation of you. And if you think about it that way, mm-hmm. you're going to realize saving those, that time and money. And, and I've, I've always said, if you've got to, Work a second job for a little while to make some money to afford the editing, it is worth it. It will come back to you because you will then have a professional book out in the marketplace and people will want your next book because that's the thing. If they didn't like the first book and it wasn't professional, Who says they're going to want to read the
2: next one? I think the balance is that even with the traditional publishing houses, even with all of their staff that make sure that this is all perfectly done, it's never going to be perfect. So I remember my first book came out. It took four total years to get that book on the market. I'd go to one of the first book signings I was at, and this lady had heard me on, uh, watched me on TV the day before, and then she'd come to the book signing. And she said, she said, I read your whole book cover to cover last night. And there was only one typo. (laughs)
1: Wow, really? Really?
2: <laughs> but you know,
1: you can Genius information. I know. But one typo, isn't that? But that's what people look for. It's, it's look what
2: for. pops out. If you're that person, it's yeah. what you see. You see the mm-hmm. typos. Mm-hmm. And so I think to be comfortable in that, you're going to get it as good as you can, and that's going to be good enough, and it's never going to be mm-hmm. perfect. Don't worry about perfect. Just work right. d- don't slap it out there like you put it together in your garage you know really right important.
0: yeah right you, you know you, you woke up Saturday morning hey I'm gonna write a book <laughs> <laughs> and no. publish it Saturday night no please don't <laughs> <laughs> you know but I, I, it's funny you say that about lighting the typo because um, I'm reading a book now and it's not typos as much as its an editing preference and i've got my highlighter to highlight things and i'm crossing out things i wanted I in that i wanted <laughs> so i don't know about sherilyn about you but it's become really hard to read books without a critical eye now that yes. i edit so much that you know mm-hmm. you've got editor mode going because that's what your brain thinks oh we're editing <laughs> like now we're reading
2: well, it's the same thing that happens to speakers as well you try to sit and listen to somebody speak and you're critiquing them the whole time mm-hmm. so you know you just have to just have to guys are better at this than girls you know we're all spaghetti noodles and guys are compartments yeah. you know they can compartmentalize yeah. so I really work on that I really work on trying to compartmentalize and say this is for pleasure this is for just joy and I don't have to be working right now
0: I know well do you prefer to self or tr- tr- traditionally published books because you know there's the great debate My opinion is whatever is works best for you right but there is good reasons to do one or the other there there are good points on other both added. sides so what do you prefer
2: I prefer yes <laughs> so, <laughs> That's I <done> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done it both ways and there are so many pros and cons for both sides um of course one of the greatest pros for the traditional publishing is that they have the in-house staff to do all of that editing for you to do not only the editing but the cover art the marketing um they they do they help with the marketing now i can't say that they help with the marketing too much past putting your book together (laughs) unless you happen to be hot in the news or a big name right then in the media, but otherwise, you know, they're going to do their part of getting, getting you a really polished package. Right. And, and the downside is that that's going to take a minimum of 18 months. Right. Uh, So the other thing is that then at that point you get, you know, typically about a buck a book is your take home pay. And so what you would be looking at with self-publishing is you can do it as fast as you can do it. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've put out books very quickly uh, if I needed to, and and then you take you keep all of the portion of be, what's beyond the what's beyond the publishing cost and the right. shipping. You keep it all. So there's, you know, huge pros and cons both sides. And again, I love your answer. Uh, What's uniquely right for you and for this book. And you want to be aware that if you want to keep this as an option, that you don't sign away your rights for all future works unless that's okay with you. So that's that's one thing that can come with a a traditional publisher is the requirement that they get all future works. And one thing you can do is if it's going to be a series, to say yes to the series, but not to everything else. Because you might want to even jump genres or something like that. And you don't want to lock yourself in there if you don't have to.
0: Yeah, great point. That is definitely a great point. Well, tell us a little bit about your writing time. Do you have a consistent time you write, your daily or what were some of the things that worked for you? And what are some things that didn't work for you that I'm sure you've tried over the years?
2: So the name of this program is Do It Uniquely Your Way. And I have to just say (laughs) that uniquely my way is that, no, I don't have any time to write. I don't have time to write. There's no time in my schedule to write. So whenever I have the idea for the book that is coming, if it's really, for me, I just have to trust that God will provide the time to write it. And sometimes that has looked like when my children were little, that looked like me packing up my kids and driving to the church and using the church computer overnight while they're in a sleeping bag in the nursery and going home at three, four in the morning and taking a little nap when they did the next day. So I just fit the writing time into where it can fit when there is a need for me to write a book. And so it just is, it's all over. Uh, a lot of my books have been written a lot in the middle of the night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Is there, there's something about it being quiet and you can just focus. Exactly. And you don't have to worry about anybody interrupting your thoughts. <laughs> you just can yeah. keep going. So definitely great. I well, think that, I,
2: that, that that thought there is really important. Um, at least for me, I cannot, I can't write a book while I'm being in interrupted uh, by phone, by email, by people, whatever. I have All got right. to have large chunks of time where I can think through. Otherwise, what I find is I'm writing the same things. I'll write the same thing in chapter one and chapter eight and chapter 12. And I didn't even remember <laughs> where I was. You know? So I have to have a long enough period of time to actually complete uh, complete a thought cycle and get that portion done or pretty much done i come back and polish it up while I'm being interrupted, but I can't write it while I'm being interrupted.
0: Yeah. That's tough. And like you said, that's a personality thing. It is. Some people can handle the chaos. I'm not one, especially the older I've gotten, the the less chaos, more quiet I want. You know, Um, my husband loves to have the TV on constantly when he's home, whether he's watching it or not. And, so luckily there's this bathroom between us and the family room. We turn the fan on so the noise will muffle it. And so that's so funny.
2: Another great idea for that is just de- uh, sound deadening earphones. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I actually put a sign on my office door. I, I have a sign on my office door right now while we're recording so that I'm not interrupted and we don't have people running in, but I put a sign out when I have to have a chunk of time as well. And, mm-hmm. and the people in my world just understand that's the only way she's going to get this project done, is if she has this chunk of time. So I turn off all the interrupted tones, and I'm just quiet, and I set a timer and go for it.
0: Yeah, and setting a timer is good too because it also gives my brain permission to right. don't worry about the if it's something beeps or bleeps or whatever. Because I use my iPad as the second screen, but you know I've got those notifications popping up this, this Instagram, somebody said something. I'm like, great, keep going. (laughs) So, but that's, that's a good point. I appreciate
1: that. Marnie, do you have any encouragement for writers? I know you, you get to speak to a lot of writers in your podcast and there was somebody sitting there right now, so discouraged about their writing journey. What would you tell them? Well, honestly,
2: i would tell them to take a little break to back off for just a bit and to do something completely different just i think one of the things that god has showed me is that he's very creative and he's made us to need a variety of things and mm-hmm. some of us need more of that than others it's just like there's unique combinations of how much autonomy you need compared to how much together love time you need. I mean, there's just, everybody has their own unique need for each of those. And, and, and if it's not being met, you come to a point of frustration. And so I think with writing, what happens sometimes is you're just pushing too hard. You're trying too hard to make it happen, to make it come. Uh, Some of the best ideas I've ever had is when I'm doing something totally unrelated. (laughs) And I know you guys can relate to that. So I'd say if you're truly feeling frustrated, just back off some uh, really great ideas to get involved in a writer's club of some type. So, you know, you're not alone and you're not crazy and that that happens. To yes. Last writer sometimes. Yes. Not worry about that. And the other thing is, if you're writing on a deadline, if you're writing on a deadline, and that happens to you, then it is even more important than ever to take a break, to just step away, go do something completely different, and then come back at it fresh. Uh, deadlines can just be mind <laughs> <Yes. so> crushing. It's <laughs> crushing. Yes. And it's really important to stay fresh and to get rest and to balance those things. And I've found that you know with the deadlines that God is really faithful in that too. There's a that principle of there's time to do everything God wants me to do. And what that yes. is there's not time to do everything. There's not time to do everything good. There's not time to do everything everybody else wants you to do. And there's not even time to do everything you think you want to do mm-hmm. but because God is God and he's in charge of all time in history. Uh, there is time to do everything he wants you to do. And so if this is truly something you needed to do, just rest in it and know that it's going to work, that it's going to be okay. And you can breathe.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I love, I
2: love that. that. Yeah.
0: Appreciate that. Um, one thing that I would add to that, you know, is that about the stepping away is you, even though you've stepped away, your brain is still working on it.
2: Right.
0: It's still thinking about it. And when you give yourself time to process something and you go back to it, like you said, with fresh eyes, mm-hmm. if you'll see stuff that they're like, I, I could do this or that, or right. I could add this here and all the ideas start coming through. and, mm-hmm. Giving yourself, whether it's to go for a walk for 30 minutes and have dinner and watch a movie, because like for me, I read so much during the day that at night, I need my brain to be go, go somewhere else, that I'm not yes. focusing so hard on something. So watching, like I love HGTV, I can watch that all day long. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and so watching something like that and getting absorbed in it and, and letting go of my Worries and world for a little bit really helps. So definitely, I love that advice and just step away for a little bit, and because we, you need that balance too. And just you know, nothing, nothing's ever perfectly balanced. You know, the perfect balanced life is a, a myth. <laughs> if, and just in case you guys didn't know that, listening, it's a myth. <laughs> but there's a matter of priorities. You know, what are you going to prioritize today, and what's important that you need to do today, and so if taking care of you one day is what you need to do, then do it. But love that. Well, I appreciate you being here, Marty. And I thank you for um, joining us and helping us with our new writers, helping them, and just sharing your story. It's always wonderful to hear someone else's journey to writing because, like you said, we know we're in this together and we're not the only ones having this struggle. And so I appreciate you sharing your struggle and your journey with us today and i'm and i know that it will encourage others that are listening so thank you yes
1: thank thank you marnie well
2: thank you guys such a joy to be here and for those of you who are writers i just encourage you to just keep writing there's nobody that can say it quite like you do
1: thank you for joining us on this episode of the right hour Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You
0: are one step closer
1: to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. The link is in the show notes.
0: The four steps help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. We share tips on the writing process, and you can download the Writing Planner to track your progress.
1: Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book.
0: It's time to write your book.